Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Ray Penny. I'm with New Jersey School Board Association. Um, once again, this is our a special edition of Conversations with Educators on the COVID-19 Frontline, where we discuss how uh, edu- educators had to deal with the, our world pretty much changing uh, over, almost overnight, uh, where we went from brick-and-mortar instruction to virtual. With us today is Dr. Margaret Dolan. She's a superintendent Westfield. I'll bring her on in a minute. Um, if you want to pass a question on or a comment on to Dr. Dolan, we have a chat room feature. You have to log in with Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you just type it in, and I'll pass it on to her. Uh, or you can dial 1-347-989-8904 and uh, press the number 1, and that will let Robin, who's manning our um, switchboard, know who what your question is, and we can put you through. Uh, so as I said before, uh, from the district of Westfield, and I'll have her explain. It's uh, it is in Union County. Uh, it, we have Dr. Margaret uh, Dolan. Uh, so uh, I'm going to call you Margaret. Margaret, could you just um, explain to us um, the district of uh, Westfield? Sure, I'd be glad to. And thank you for having me here this afternoon. So Westfield is a suburban district, as uh, Ray said, in Union County. Uh, We go from our preschool disabled all the way up through grade 12. We have a little over 6,200 students and 10 schools. Uh, Westfield happens to be a high-achieving district, and it's also a low-spending district. So over 95% of our graduates continue on for further education. And on the other side of that, um, our per-pupil cost is $2,000 less than the state average per-pupil cost. Um, We have a real tradition in town that the schools are considered a very important part of the community, as is the case in most communities. Um, So we work closely, uh, the board, the Board of Education in Westville works very closely with our parents and with the community at large. Um, And that's a nice part of our culture, I think. Yes. And um, uh, so uh, in the conversations I'd had with superintendents, this is a tough, it kind of came on us pretty fast. How did you, uh, when did you start dealing with it, and how did you, when you first knew that this was going to come, where you had to close schools and switch your learning uh, instruction, how did that occur? Sure. You know, in preparation for talking with you this afternoon, I, I went back. We have established, I think as most districts, we have a special area of our website devoted just to coronavirus information. And I looked back, and the first um, the first memo or letter I sent to all parents and all staff focused just on this topic was on February 28th. And at that point, my entire focus was on working with public health and getting information out about the virus and the recommendations from public health. I talked about the fact that the school nurses are considered part of the public health system. I talked about what the school nurses were doing in the schools to make sure that we were doing everything we could to keep students um, healthy. I talked about, I took the information from um, the CDC, and uh, we sent it out to parents in English and Chinese and Spanish. And I also spoke at that point about 
the fact that our custodians were not only cleaning our schools, but they were also disinfecting our schools. So that was February 28th. Then I looked, the next one that's posted on our coronavirus site was on March 5th. On March 5th, I said, um, the state of New Jersey does not allow distance learning. It went on, but that was the main gist. And then by four days later, on March 9th, I said, the state of New Jersey does allow distance learning, so we're going to get on that. (laughs) It was March 9th. (laughs) And then I looked, and on March 10th, by the next day after it was announced we could do distance learning, we sent out to all parents a text survey to ask them whether they had in their house uh, the devices necessary for their children to do distance learning and whether or not they had Internet access or did they think they'd need some help with that. So we started that right away. Um, And truthfully, that continues because people think they have enough devices and then they realize how much their students and, and themselves have to be on their devices and they reach out or a device fails or something else. So that's an ongoing issue. Um, And then I noted after the 10th, I sent out messages to parents and teachers on the 11th, 12th, and 13th. 13th was our last day. Um, And then I continued just sending out messages as we transitioned to try to explain what was the next step, what they could expect uh, to provide more information. It certainly has slowed down since then, uh, but it was really interesting looking back and seeing what had taken place. So once we knew we had to go to distance learning, I would say we had three different technology focuses. One I just mentioned, it was finding out what the needs were for devices and and hotspots, and then setting up a safe system, because by this point the virus was in New Jersey, setting up a safe system so that our IT folk could um, have the parents pick them up, the parents sign that they were picking them up, but yet do it in a way that was safe. So that was one part. Meanwhile, um, our board has had a real commitment to helping support our teachers with using technology to um, enhance their educa- the education of the students. So we um, have had for the last seven years ma- two master technology teachers who were skilled teachers in their own right, but also very skilled with technology. So they got to work. Uh, one of them set up a new website for teachers, making it um, all the different resources that teachers would have to use, whether that be screencasting or live instruction um, or um, resources for various academic areas, and putting that website up so that would be ready to go as soon as we had to transfer, and then offering, uh, providing on that site um, videos for teachers to watch so they could learn new technology or uh, determine how to integrate two technologies together. And then also um, the master technology teachers were available to work either one-on-one or with grade-level teams on trying to implement something that was going to help instruction. And the third part was working to get our offices um, ready to work uh, distantly. Right, so how is HR going to continue to function? HR doesn't stop because we're doing distance learning. How is my office going to be able to do everything we have to do um, distantly? All the different offices, the business office, et cetera. So making sure people had the correct devices and the correct um, that their computers were set up in a way that they could access um, all the information that they would need. So those are the three areas uh, right away that we really focused on regarding technology to try to get everybody ready and set to go. Okay. I do want to follow up. It was interesting when you listed those dates, and it, it, and it started slow, and then all of a sudden it was like an avalanche at uh, leading up to the 13th and 16th and uh, middle March. I forgot how quickly it, it really snowballed. 
um, until you start listing absolutely- all the dates. Yeah, I had uh, forgotten that's as interesting. well. Yeah, I'd forgotten as well. And, it, and I'll tell you, it felt like an avalanche. I'm sure not to, not yeah. just to me, but to everybody involved, <laughs> it felt like an avalanche. Oh, yeah, and I, we're focusing on education, but it, it, it's everyone. But it, it, what you did just in my own head, I was telling some of my colleagues, I don't even remember what happened before this pandemic. It seems like it was like two years ago. Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, let's focus on the, the, the devices because that was one of the things you – uh, I'm, I know the district, most of them might, you probably had a significant n- number that did have devices. Uh, did you still have to uh, make sure if they had two or three kids that they had two or three devices? What were some of the obstacles there? Sure. Um, right. We were pretty fortunate. A lot of people did have various devices in their home. Um, but again, some of them started and they thought, well, I'll be fine because I have this many in the home. But I don't think they realized how much students would be on devices um, when they were learning, never mind the, the two parents or the one or two parents were in the home who were also using devices. So, yes, that need continues. Uh, what we did was we, we don't have one-to-one in our school system. Some schools do. We have plenty of Chromebooks that are available in, diff- in the, all the academic uh, areas. Um, so we took those and we reconfigured them um, so that the students could take them home, have access to every, everything having to do with our district. Um, that definitely took a lot of work from the IT, but they did it well. Um, so it was getting Chromebooks. That was also making sure all the teachers were set and whose whose laptop that they already had from the district stopped working the day before we went to distance learning and uh, and and the rest. And then again. We went out uh, to get hotspots for some families who really did not have um, access, internet access, which uh, the students would need. And uh, how did the, the staff uh, react? I mean, because you changed their world. Uh, they had to change the way they deliver their instruction on a different focus. Uh, and I know you did talk about a couple of your master uh, te- tech teachers who helped them. How did they react, though? Did they adjust to it um, as best they could? Yeah, I have to say, overall, I, I find it amazing what our teachers and supervisors and administrators, what they've all done. Absolutely amazing. That does not mean everyone has been happy and positive every moment along the way, because that wouldn't be the case. But they're good teachers. They're skilled teachers. They know their, their age. They, you know, they, know, they understand the developmental um, abilities of the students they teach. They know their academic areas. We did support them. Our principal supported them. Um, not only our master technology teachers, every building has an instructional technology specialist to get the Skype, and they supported them. They worked together as teams. You know, they, they did teams within their departments and across grade levels, um, and we kept on supporting them and you know providing them with what they felt they needed. Um, and, and we have continued to grow. There's no doubt we are doing better than we did at the very beginning. Um, I would say. Um, I would say it was easier for most of our teachers from either middle school or high school because they were all already using Google Classroom and they had online resources the students were familiar with. Um, and even three to five, there was some of that. It, it was the hardest, well, for two groups. It was the hardest for uh, pre-K to two because what do you do mm-hmm. in pre-K to two? So much of it is the interaction the, you know, and, and how the teacher Worked with those students and the climate they create in the classroom. So that that was that was a real challenge, and we needed to put some attention at at that level to try to help. And I think we've grown over the weeks. 
And uh, and the other really challenging area um, are some of the children who are classified. Not all. You know, some are doing just fine. The in-class support teachers are helping virtually along with the teacher. That's fine. But some students with more significant issues, um, when you think of all the support they receive in school, and now they're home, even though they're getting instruction and support, it, it, it is a challenge. And everyone's working. Case managers are working, teachers, paraprofessionals. Everyone's trying, uh, the different therapists. But that, that can be a challenge for, for some students and for some families as well. Yes, I've heard uh, the two challenges that you brought up. The younger grades, uh, you know, first grade and below, even second, and also special ed have been there is a concern um, by the nature of that instruction. Um, as we move forward in this, what are some of the challenges that um, you see, things that keep you up at night? Well, I, I'll take that back. Everything's probably keeping you up at night now. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but but some of the things that you're like, as we move forward, you're like, because we went deeper into this than I think most people thought, like you you would have thought on February 28th with your first memo. So what are some of the concerns that you have as we move forward? So I think one of the, I think the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges is, um, you know, how do you learn to live with ambiguity, right? I think all of us try to plan ahead. You know, we have our, our calendars and we know what we're doing next Tuesday night and the following Saturday and, and you can't. You have to take a breath. And you have to say, well, okay, we can tentatively plan for this, but we better tentatively plan three ways because we don't know. And um, But I will also say, so I think that's our biggest challenge. So I, I tend to be an optimist, um, and and my hope is absolutely in our scientists. That's what's going to change this, right? Um, just last night, I guess, you know, there's something promising with the vaccine. Um, there's something promising with the medication that doesn't, doesn't cure everything, but it helps. It helps quite a bit. So I'm counting on the scientists to make those, you know, um, steps forward, and then and then there'll be a little less ambiguity, and we'll know what the future truly will be. I think that's going to change it. And we can spend some time planning right now for what if and when, but honestly, it's a time where those scientists are the ones who are really they're the ones in charge. I can do all the planning I want, but difference, and that's going to, you know, lead us to where we're going to be going. You know, uh, that dealing with ambiguity, I, I have found that that was one of the greatest lines because everyone has so many questions and there's no answers, and trying to plan for the future, you have to have plan A, B, C, and D, and then that that, that may not even work. Uh, so I love the way how you put that. Um, but you mentioned earlier, uh, because I, I get questions all the time and, and there's no answers about everything that's going on and it changes so much so quickly overnight. One of the things you mentioned, I want to uh, um, get to it. You talked about how the teachers responded. Um, I know in your district, uh, you collaborated with, uh, your municipality with your maintenance staff. Could you, uh, talk about that? Sure. Sure. Uh, honestly, in our district, um, we we really do understand and we constantly make it clear that everyone who works in the district is is important. If if we didn't need your job, we wouldn't have you, right? So um, part of an important part of our team are our maintenance workers and our custodian, no doubt whatsoever. And honestly, our maintenance and custodians work regularly with the you know the various agencies in our town because why wouldn't you? We're all trying to do the same work. So. 
we happen to, as a district, we happen to have some of those disinfectant sprayers that are around. They're different brands. They're different types. But, but we had ordered them. We had them in, in place already. We've been using them in schools before this. Um, so, and we still monitor our schools. All our schools have been disinfected by our crews. Um, but speaking with the, as our maintenance workers, we're speaking with the Westfield Police Department, the Westfield Fire Department, and the Department of Public Works. Um, the fire department and the police, I mean, they're the first responders. They're the ones who are called and go out there to the homes. So um, our maintenance workers have been spraying the vehicles that have been used uh, for both the fire and the police department and also the offices in the police, fire, and also uh, public works um, so that, you know, we count on all these people and we want them to be, to want them to be healthy. And if we can help in any way, we're more than happy to do that. So that has been going on now for several weeks, and, um, you know, the police and the fire and public works are always there when the schools need something. We're very happy to, to help them out as well. Hello? Oh, sorry. I, 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 um, did anything happen in the district where you saw a principal or a teacher and you saw them do something, whether it's virtual learning or something, you said, that is such a good idea, so innovative. I know there's probably a few things, but anything that you could uh, talk to our listeners about? Um, sure. So there were um, um, very early on, and people were still getting their footing, right? Um, I think it was four of our music teachers um, got together. They were all instrumental music teachers um, at the middle and high school level. And they got together and did this brilliant video. I thought it was brilliant, but I'm a little partial. Brilliant video, teaching kids um, what program they could use online. So if they wanted to play a piece with, you know, five of their friends, and one with the trombone, the trumpet, whatever else, um, using this program, they could each record their part by themselves, but then put it all together so that they would still be able to play an ensemble. And it was so well done. It worked for middle school students and for high school students. I would also guess a few elementary. Um, so kids who were really involved in music could keep on playing, keep on interacting, right? Um, the other things mm. that I think have been, yeah, I really, it, it, it's a great video. It's really well done. Um, another one that has been effective is, um, our counselors, you know, it's so important. Yes, the academics are important, and we're working on that. But the social and emotional development of our students, uh, we can't forget that. They're not in school, but let's see, you know, how we can incorporate that into lessons, et cetera. So our counselors have figured out various ways to do that, you know, at different levels. So at the middle school level, for example, the counselors and some of the other special subject teachers um, in one of the middle schools, they have set up um, a trivia night for students. And so the students are able to see each other. It, it's, uh, it's not a cutthroat trivia night, but it is a trivia night that the kids are part of and so are the parents. And it gives people a chance to forget and laugh and talk about silly trivia questions and answers. And um, they tried it one night, but now it's become every week they do it because um, it's so well received. And then at the elementary level, um, you know, the counselors have been coming up with various ways to try to help the families. So, um, you know, at the beginning, like many districts, um, uh, we asked students to put up rainbows in their house so that as people were mm -hmm. driving or walking through the town, um, they could talk about the different ways, the rainbows. And then there was the other one that a lot of people did, and that was um, uh, based on a book 
whose title I will forget, but it was based on a book, and they put bear, bears up and stuffed bears up in the window oh, and yeah. counting the I bears that they would take for. You know, so experiences kids can do with their families pretty easily, um, and they could read the book at home, and again, gives them a little more connection at a time where they really do need connection. And uh, you mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate it. Uh, that social-emotional connection that the kids need, that's probably maybe might even be more important during this time period than ever before. Uh, so uh, I have to commend I your staff agree. for trying to find ways to uh, – for I have to commend your staff for trying to meet those needs because those are so important. Uh, and it's something that whenever we go back to school, that's probably going to be one of the priority one. I would agree. Yeah, I would absolutely uh, agree. Yeah. So any final comments, uh, suggestions, or something that I didn't ask you that you prepared for? So I probably just have one more. Um, so okay. one thing I'm particularly one thing I'm particularly proud of in the district. We've always been a district where we try to uh, we try to look around and see who needs help. Be that people in our community or other communities, and try to reach out to help and do community service and the like. And there have been so many examples of that. Whether it's one school who collected um, uh, face masks and gloves to bring to two different hospitals. Uh, whether it is the middle school um, student government who had $500 for a, uh, a charity and they decided to use the money to go to a local restaurant and send food to, again, one of the, uh, one of the local hospitals. Um, and and our, the, the food uh, contributions, we have three different, uh, um, three different opportunities for families to bring food that we can donate, some of it within our own food banks, but some of it to other communities near us. And I'm so glad that in the midst of all this, people can still be thinking about helping others. So I'm very proud of that. Yeah, as well you should be. Uh, that's bringing us to the end of this uh, uh, short podcast. I'd like to thank Dr. Margaret Dolan for joining me from the Westfield School District. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Ray. Appreciate it. Stay well. Okay. Yeah, uh, you too, and I hope all our listeners, uh, you all stay healthy and well too. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, and I hope you all have a good afternoon. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.